At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. He went two years earlier and planted a murder kit. How the fuck are you going to catch this guy? Good luck. Welcome to Talk Murder to Me. Oh, musical opening. Yeah. Gotta mm. try something new. Well, it's Friday night. You know what that means. We just got paid? Mm-hmm. Money, and money. God, it's Friday money, money. night, and I just got paid. Money, money, money. Money, 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 money. So what are we drinking tonight, Jen? This looks lovely. uh, It does look good. I don't know how it'll taste. Um, It's interesting. It is. uh, John gave us a clue of key, so we're drinking skeleton keys tonight. You know, it's almost Halloween. And um, Mm. it's It's made with uh, Maker's Mark bourbon, um, St. Germain, which is an elderberry liquor. Mm. I don't even know what elderberry is, so it sounds like something <clears throat> mythical. Like yeah, it's like uh, that from Lord of the Rings, I think. And, um... <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> uh, lemon juice, ginger beer, and aromatic bitters for garnish. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is lovely. Oh, that is nice. And it, like, fades. It's yeah. very pretty. It's, it's like different. A, it's like a tequila sunrise. Mm-hmm. How the colors fade. Yes, it's good. We have a shout out to make. Yes. To a new Patreon subscriber. Whoop, whoop. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for being a patron. And we appreciate your, your suggestion for John to do a couple of um, episodes based on what you wanted. And if you have some suggestions of things that you would like to have John uh, research and do a story about, Sign up to be a Patreon subscriber. Uh, it's only a dollar a month, and you'll get exclusive content on Patreon. Uh, we'll interact with you directly, uh, get some feedback from you, and put some suggestions out there for stories that John wants to do. And mm-hmm. even though our Patreon page is obviously very important, please don't forget about our other social media sites, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're Oh, and you can email me or John at janettalkmurder.com or john at talkmurder.com. What do you think really happened to mm. that poor woman in that elm tree? I think she was running from someone and she got thrown in there. She ran in there. She ran in there? No. I definitely think she was forced in there by yeah. someone. Well, she had a... She was... She had taffeta down her yeah. throat. So, I, but I don't necessarily think she was run... But, like, who was she? I think her body was just dumped there. I don't think she was necessarily, like, running from someone in the woods and they put her there or something like that. But I thought that those, I thought that it showed that she was alive when, like, 
she was in the tree because of something. Yeah, because, well, but I th- okay, well, maybe not. All right. So her body hasn't been, her body didn't go in rigor mortis yet. Because if it did, you, when you die, your body goes in rigor mortis and your body expands because the gases are trying to escape. Right. So if that would have happened, she wouldn't have fit down that damn tree. Yeah. So she, she either was put there. And then she died, or she died, and then was immediately put there, like right after. Yeah, but if they if they killed her, why would they put her in that? Like, why would they put the taffeta down her throat and then put her in the tree? Maybe that's how they killed her. Oh yeah. All right. If you have, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a it's a crazy story. Who put Bella down the witch elm? Yeah. Yeah, that was. I mean, I had actually never heard of that. Me either, but I but, guess it's a famous case or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, maybe I've seen the graffiti before yeah. in some sort of like post or something. But yeah, it's cool. It yeah, so that's like, our latest. Very appropriate for Halloween. Yes. Yeah, that's our latest Patreon. I'm also doing another Halloween Patreon. So <gasps> on Wednesday we're gonna do it. Yeah, I thought we were doing a real episode on Halloween. Uh, either Patreon.com/slash Talk Murder. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Patreon. Slash talk murder and listen to who put Bella down the witch elm. Call spelling it. <laughs> and that's our newest episode. We got like I think we got eight full episodes on there that you will never hear unless you um, reach in those deep pockets and pull out one dollar bill and donate it to us. Then you can hear them. Yeah, guys, if you haven't joined Patreon yet, you totally should. Even I can afford to. You know, yeah, you're join. paying five dollars. I am. Don't know why. Just going. Yeah. It's like I'm losing money on. Yeah. It because I gotta Jen's, divide it. Yeah, you gotta split it with us. Shin's paying five. I'm paying one. So if you meet us somewhere in the middle, maybe you can pay three dollars for Patreon. See all our episodes. Plus, you get to see drunk Jen. Wait, what was that one thing I post? Um, you put a picture oh, yeah. of me with my beer. Goggles. The beer goggles on. <laughs> Which is funny. Please, that was a yeah. great night. That was a good recording night. Let's try to re- re- recreate that level of drunkenness, everyone. Yes. Well, we have enough of all the ingredients, so we should mm. be able to. Um, well, which brings us to our next. I was going to say. Speaking of getting drunk, surprise shots. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. We talked about this. <laughs> I didn't fuck it. I fucked it up. <laughs> I don't understand how you can fuck this up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant to do. Oh, there you Let go. me do it again. There you go. Better. He always has to oh, have the Oh, I remember what day. I was going to say. It was about the the Witch Helm episode. I was going to say, I do like the theory that relates to Harry Potter in any way. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, def- that's not a theory. You're talking about, she oh. definitely pulled that from there. No, no, no. I mean, I like the theory that that it came from, which was the Hand of Glory. I I, oh. I, like, I like that theory just because that was from Harry Potter. Guys, if you want to get your own Hand of Glory, go to patreon.com slash talkmurder. It just sounds kind of cre- like yeah. sexual. Yeah, glory hole. Like glory <laughs> <laughs> hand of glory hole. Go to talk murder. <laughs> if you want something to plug your glory hole with, oh, Google no. <laughs> Hand of Glory. <laughs> But don't stick it anywhere we wouldn't stick it. Yeah. And that's Which, not saying much yeah, for John. Yeah, exactly. Hey! <laughs> yeah. I'll stick that shit anywhere. I'll stick that shit anywhere. Hey! Should I sing my surprise shot song again? Yeah. With gusto. 
Oh, okay. You didn't think that was gusto? No, I was just saying if you want to repeat, if you felt like it's our surprise shot song. I'm a part of it now. Well, you have to do it with at the right time in order for it he's to be gonna power. do what he wants we can tell him anything and he will just do what he wants have you not figured this out yet oh i have i'm glad you're finally getting that too <laughs> surprise shots surprise shots we don't know what they are because they're a surprise <laughs> <laughs> well, why can't i do it tonight that was pathetic i just spit on my microphone oh, oh at least that too sad all right, guys, so I got to pick out the surprise shot tonight. It's been a while since I had my, my turn. Um, mm. It's good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's colored. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It wasn't racist. Oh, wow, that's good. Something rum. Yes? Toppers. Before you say anything, yes, banana... Vanilla cinnamon. Now, before you say anything, I was at Six Mile Spirits today, our favorite liquor store right down the street. And guess who is there? I hope they sponsor us. Maybe eventually. Um, the guy from Topper's Rum, they were doing free rum tasting, so I haven't tried this flavor before. And I didn't get his name, so I do apologize. Topper. Is that their real name? Their last name? Captain. Was Drake. it someone from Topper's, or was it the guy who works at Six Mile Spirits? No. Or Mr. Topper. No, it's the son. He his family owns Toppers Rum, and they live in Mount Pleasant. Oh, and he's gonna start listening to our podcast. So I told him we'd shout out Toppers Rum on the podcast tonight. Oh, sweet, Toppers Rum. If you would like to supply us with some surprise shot liquor, yeah, that would be awesome. So, so they had rum tasting. So this is the banana vanilla cinnamon. This is the first flavor that they did. Um, mm, it's good, and yeah, yeah, it is pretty good. It's really smooth. It is. Like I almost thought it was like. Not as not 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 as strong, but it's really smooth to be mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it you don't need to chase for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus, they're it doesn't local. Make you like they are after. local. Oh, yeah, I like that. They I live in Mount Pleasant, local. and they're they. It's distilled in Charleston. <clears throat> Mount Pleasant, Charleston, guys. We, I mean, of course, you know, we're the number one true crime podcast on the internet right now, and Charleston is the place to be. If you want to be serious about true crime, if you want to talk about murdering and having a good time, come to Charleston, South Carolina. Are because... we doing a story about Charleston, South Carolina? No. Oh. But I am going to do a Lavinia Fisher story on Patreon. Yes! Sweet. Our very first story. Oh, I But I want to do it right. I can't wait to do that one. Yes. So, guys, where are we going tonight? Mississippi. Spell it. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. That checks out. Florida. Floors. Keys. Oh, in the tropical keys. I'm going to do something different tonight. Yeah? You get two guesses each. There's a place called Kokomo. That's where we want to go to get away from it all. Way down in Kokomo, Bahama. Uh, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Key Largo, Montego, baby, why don't we go down to Kokomo? We'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow. That's where we want to go. Way down to Kokomo. Thank you. Because I was either either thinking Key Largo or Key West, like just the keys. Um, Key West. That's what, that's my. We hint. changed pitch a few times during that, so I do apologize to our listeners. Yeah, that was but all right. It was fine. No, 
not bad for three drinks then. Yeah. I told you I'd give you two guesses each. All right. Um. Okay, I've got my other guess. Go. Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma, where the winds are. I don't know the rest of the words for that, so you're you're welcome. West Virginia. West Virginia. Where else did you say? We got married in a fever, hotter than a pepper sprout. We've been talking about Jackson ever since the fire went out. Oh, I'm going to Jackson. Jackson, Mississippi? Yeah. Johnny Cash. I'm Johnny Cash. <sighs> you done killed my favorite son. What was that movie? Dewey Cox? They took the wrong son. <laughs> they kept saying that over and over. <laughs> they took the wrong son. <laughs> Did you know Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley are coming out with a Sherlock Holmes movie? That's awesome. I love John C. Riley, man. Yeah, have you ever watched that show? Um, he's uh, Dr. Brawls. Brawls Rolls? Mm-mm. <laughs> Dude, we should. It's like a a little skip. You haven't seen it. What show is it? I kind of want to just play it. A skit of it. Gotta get us in the mood. Real I've never even heard of this before. From the earth. Have you heard of this before? No. Nature Valley. Oh no, I didn't make him famous. He was Brule, acting. Brule, with Channel Five's Doctor Steve Brule. Sarah wonder about what a caveman's did, and then she had to brush her teeth. Then use this thing, dummy. She's a twig. That's what I do. For your health. <laughs> it's just rule rule stupid. with Channel 5 is Dr. Steve Rule. <laughs> hey, I'm Dr. Steve Rule. Do you know what you're supposed to do if you catch on fire? Stop, drop, and roll! For your health. <laughs> That's all it is. It's like it's a million of those things. <laughs> all right, let's get it going and down going. I'm already a little buzzed. All right. Wait, you didn't tell me what the story's about. Oh, I said the story is about, I told you, we gave us two states. I know, but I told you the story has something to do with keys. So tell me what you think it's about. The keys and the Florida keys. Yeah, I think, um, I think there was a, a girl who went on spring break vacation in the Florida keys. Oh, like, um, what's that girl's name from uh, Aruba? Natalie Holloway. Yeah. Natalie Holloway. Uh, and she was Maybe. murdered on her spring break trip in 1982. There was another one, too. Yeah. I can't remember her name. But he caught, they caught him. Yeah, he was like... They never caught him. Yeah, no, they caught Natalie one of them. Holloway. Not her. Yes, they the, did. The, for, did a different, they? for a different crime. Not Natalie Holloway, but the other one they caught. No, she's missing a presumed dead. Yeah, but the no, they caught the boyfriend yeah, of yeah, one of them. The, yeah. The guy from the Netherlands? Yeah. yeah. Carlsberg or whatever. No, that's the name of some type of cheese. It is. Um, I think that there it's a captive situation. Like someone's being held captive. Mm. And they're locked away somewhere. And their key is being dangled in front of them like a joke. But they can never escape. Whoa. Like the movie The Saw. And they got a certain mm. time limit to get out of a puzzle. Yeah. Mm. There's nothing like that, is it? What you're thinking about? Uh, um, I've only seen one of the Saw movies, so I don't know. <clears throat> We're going to 
Vermont. Oh, damn it. I was going to guess the New England. You are not going to guess that. You always say you're going to guess that. That one time you were like, I was going to guess 1926. I I was was. like, what? I was. (laughs) You were not going to guess a specific. I didn't say. Jen was like, I was going to guess November 18th, 1926. I was, okay? I I didn't say I was going to guess Vermont. I said a New England state, but then I went south. That's like when... I am watching the Patriots, and my dad would always get mad because, like, before something happened, I'd be like, I called that in my head, and he'd be like, no, you didn't. I was like, yes, I did. I knew that was going to happen. He, like, never believed me, but you know what? That's fine. You have to call it out loud. You have to call it out loud. I don't want to jinx it, though. Well, then you'll never get it. All right. There's the killer. He is not the killer. He is. Look how devious he is. Maybe the wife is the killer. Yeah, look how devious she is. Okay, so, guys. I would have pegged that for the victims. I want to, like always, hey guys, go to talkmurder.com to see all the evidence photos. Put a lot up there with a complete timeline. You're going to need it for this story. So, go ahead. If you're not driving your automobile, go to talkmurder.com. But if you're riding the bus, it's okay. Yeah. Or the train. And if you bought Wi-Fi on your on your flight, then on a plane. Yeah, but we're not responsible for any charges from your cell phone company for data usage. Just want to put that disclaimer. So if you know you, you use extra data to go to talkmer.com and then it charges you, we're That's not responsible. You. Yeah. But thanks for visiting. Any complaints, you can just email Jen at talkmer.com. She'll take care of all of it. <clears throat> or just press delete. Yeah. He said take care of it. Okay. Yeah. All right, Bill Courier, 50 years old, job description. He, he looks like Peter Griffin. Oh, <laughs> shit, he does. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. He's Peter Griffin. I'm sorry. Oh, my Lord. Okay, anyway, moving on. Okay, this is Bill and Lorraine Curry. Bill is 50 years old. Now, he is a, he, he works at the University of Vermont. He's been there since 1986, before you guys were even swimming around, huh? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. I was swimming around. Well, no, I was born. I was born in 1986. That's when my parents got married. So, Bill Curry, you're 50 years old, has been working at the University of Vermont since 1986. He takes care of mice and other animals. He does, like, the for studies... Scientific stuff, right? Brats. Yeah. He takes care of them. Bill's a pretty big man. Six feet tall, 220 pounds. Lorraine, she's 55. She works at Fletcher Allen Healthcare. Every day, Lorraine would pick Bill up from her job. So she would go from her healthcare job, pick Bill up at the University of Vermont, and they would ride home together around 5 p.m. every day. They're an older couple with a routine. So the neighbors, they see them every day doing the exact same thing. They live in a very small town in Vermont. Essex, E-S-S, whatever. E-S-S-E-X. Essex, Vermont. This is an older couple, right? So Bill can't even drive a car because his medication and stuff. So Lorraine always drives him. That's going to become apparent to the police because on June 9th, which was Thursday, 2011, no one was close. 2011. I didn't give a guess. Oh, I said 19. well, guess now. 
2011. You can't say that one. 2010. No, it's 2011. Oh, it's close. <laughs> Chin win. It was the closest. Okay, so they didn't come to work on Thursday. They didn't come to work on June 9th, 2011. Neither of them? Neither of them. Now, Bill has... He doesn't take sick days or anything. He's been working there for 30 years, almost 30 years at the time, mm-hmm. right? Right. So when he doesn't show up for years. work, yeah, 25 years, when he doesn't show up for work, it's not like, oh, he must be sleeping in because he never does that, you know? Yeah. Like, something is wrong. The Essex County Police, they get a call. We can't, we don't know where they at. They're not picking up the phone. I went to their home. They're not answering. So the police go out there and automatically they know something's up. Because, like I said, this is not a couple to just run off, right? And forget their troubles and leave it all behind. Mm-hmm. Now, the police go and they interview all the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And most of the neighbors that knew both Bill and Lorraine said, yeah, th- this is not the co- They're the nicest couple in the world. They were, there's something seriously wrong here. And one neighbor, Jennifer Reberge, 43 years old. I don't know why her age is important. One neighbor, Jennifer Reberge, said her golden retriever Molly and other neighborhood dogs started barking around 7 p.m. Wednesday night. So they were reported missing on Thursday when they didn't show up to work. Mm-hmm. So that Wednesday night, she was having a cookout, like a little barbecue, and she heard a bunch of neighborhood dogs barking. The, the neighbor had a cookout, you mean? She had a cookout, and her dogs started barking, plus all the neighbor's dogs. Now, they didn't have any dogs. Or any pets whatsoever. Hmm. Well, they had birds. Do they have kids? No children. Okay. Good question. That's going to come into play. No children. They All they had was birds. Hmm. All right. Now. Didn't we just talk about this on a Patreon episode about people who have birds? Yeah, I don't like birds. What's wrong with birds? They're creepy. I will say fun fact. They bite. Do you guys my... like this bird? Womp womp. My. So when my aunt. Um. My aunt, who is my godmother, um, she moved from California to Massachusetts back when I was about three years old, and she moved into an apartment, and so she could not have her dog or her bird with her. She had some sort of, like, parakeet or something. Um, And Maybe it was a parrot, actually. I don't know. Um, And so that was how we got our first dog, was... uh, our dog Sophie was an American Staffordshire Terrier, and she was three, and I was three, and I was Aww. pretty scared of dogs at, at the time. But um, oh yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah Sophie was my first dog. So go to talk more to see that picture of Sophie. And yeah, Nicole. Sophie. Um, so when my aunt eventually moved into a house, not like maybe two, I don't know if it was two years later or what, whatever. Um, she didn't have the heart to take the dog back because me and my sister got so attached to Sophie. Um, and so the bird, his name was George T-Bird, and he had a very interesting ability whenever... So my mom, she worked, owned her own business, worked from home, and so they would ha- host a lot of, like, you know, meetings at their house where they would drink wine and whatever. So she every time the bird, uh, when my mom would take out a bottle of wine and would get the corkscrew ready, the bird would make the imitating noise of a corkscrew opening. He oh would God. go... Er, 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 er. Was it, like, accurate? <laughs> yeah! He would, like, do it while my mom would, would like, open a bottle of wine. So it was, like, a party trick. He would be like, all right, George, you're ready for some wine. And he'd go, eager, 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 and open it. There's, like, birds that will, like, 
I have heard stories of like a bird will expose a wife or husband that was cheating on him or something <laughs> by I mean, saying like, stuff. Rob, yeah. Robert, uh, Rob, Robert. Right there, Robert. <laughs> Whatever. Like, yeah, right there. I like that. <laughs> Who the fuck is Robert? <laughs> yeah. They say birds are really smart. I don't know. So that's my tidbit about birds. I don't really remember what happened to him. Hmm. All right. So. I mean, obviously he died at some point, but. Maybe he's still alive. I do not recall. Birds are descendants of dinosaurs. So, yeah, that's true. I was going to say so are we, but we're not. (laughs) This is their house. Talkmore.com to see their house. This is Bill and Lorraine Curry's house. Brad LaRose goes up to the house. Now, there's nothing broken on the outside. There's no sign of forced entry or anything. But the car isn't there. Which is usually there. It's a small green Saturn. Really creepy story. If you go to Google Earth, and it's really weird. If you get on the street view of Google Earth, the car isn't there. But the overhead view, the car is there. Hmm. It's really fucking weird. Anyway, the car wasn't there when he went. Okay. He walked around the house. Everything was fine. Nothing was, there was no broken anything. But he went up to where you see the garage and peeked his head through the garage little window and he saw, you know, if you open the garage, there's a door that leads in the house. So looking through the window, he saw the door that was leading to the house had a broken window glass. Hmm. So. Someone got in through the garage. Exactly. Now. It's like a Barbara situation. She just walked right through the garage. Oh, my God, Barbara. Immediately, they obtained a search warrant, entered the home. Okay. No sign of them. No sign of any struggle. Hmm. Okay. No sign of anything. Um, the birds, they had birds, as I told you. They were still covered up for, like, the night, you know? They just left them there. So it was really weird because this is an older couple. Right. Now, they did notice, which is very eerie, a phone line on the south side of the home was severed. Hmm. Just like in the movies. Like in the screen movies or whatever, when they're, like, trying to call the police and the phone cuts. You know, they yeah. cut the line or whatever. Also, it's important to note that both Bill and Lorraine were on daily medications. Bill was on insulin. Hmm. Medication still there. Lorraine was on heart medication. Medication still there. Hmm. Another important fact, Lorraine can't drive without her glasses or contacts. Both still there. The car's gone. Huh. So, also, the wallet and the purse were inside there. And also missing a thirty-eight caliber snub-nosed Ruger, huh. which is a small pistol. All right. Now, as of October 7th, 2011, the Burlington Free Press reports that the Essex County Police were on their sixth search for this couple. This became a high-profile case because everyone wanted to know where this couple vanished to off the face of the earth. Hmm. You guys with me? Yep. Yeah. Now, the police did locate the green Saturn sedan on June 10th, which is a few days after, about three quarters of a mile away from their home apartment building parking lot. Why was it at an apartment building? Now, a witness did come forward, said they saw that car, that green Saturn, Uh but they didn't see Bill or Lorraine driving it. They saw someone else driving it. Mm. This guy. Oh. Creepy looking dude. Chad from Nickelback. 
Oh, he does look like that guy from Nickelback, doesn't he? That's a shitty band. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. No, I I think a lot of people would agree with you there. Okay. Now, eventually, the police kind of doubted its credibility because they their source wasn't 100% sure it was the right car. But that's the one they put out. And they got no hits whatsoever. So they started, it was mm-hmm. like, uh Now, this went on for nearly a year. This couple mm-hmm. vanished off the face of the earth. Wow. That doesn't happen. No. Okay, usually you'd find a body or something. Like credit cards didn't show. Nothing. They were just. It's like, what's the point? What they were there. The, the earth swallowed them up. Basically. Maybe the aliens took them. Yeah, this is an alien story. Ooh, that was my best alien. All right, so now we're going to now we're going to change direction a little bit. Mm-hmm. Stay with me. Sting. Where are we at now? Vermont. Vermont. Until we're not in Vermont. That's why he had us guess two states. Yeah, because we're going all over the country tonight. We're going to Anchorage, Alaska. I was going to get to Alaska, too. Oh, my God, Jen. <laughs> You're, shit. Such I'm not. You're such I'm full of shit. You're such full of shit. I don't... Uh, well, you were not going to guess both Vermont and... I didn't say uh, Vermont. I said a New England state, but I was going to say Alaska. You were not, Jen. All right, fine. Don't believe me. We won't. Because you we won't, it. because you do this every time. But I, I always change my mind. You guys know I can't make decisions to save my life. Yeah, but you can't. Voice your, voice your, put your mental ping pong. I think around. I know what's happening. What? Okay, you're going through this random phase of guessing every state possible, and then when I say a state, your memory brings that up. It's like, oh, I was gonna guess that, no. but because you were gonna guess every other state. No, I really did think Alaska for a little bit. And then I changed it to Mississippi. And then- all right, so from now on, I'm buying a lie detector test, <laughs> and while what? we're recording, we're, you're going to be hooked up to a polygraph. That's yes, fine. the whole time we're recording. Deal. I will do it. <laughs> I'll get one. Fine. That's fine. Me. That's fine. No, but like you said, it would show up as being a verifiable truth if. Jen thought it at one point in time. It's the truth. Uh, what can okay. I say? You just got to voice it out loud so they like, <sighs> won't believe you. We're going to visit one Samantha Koenig. Now, she was 18 years old. She was a barista. There's a little coffee house. You guys seen these little drive through coffee houses yeah. and stuff? Yeah, so this one in Alaska, which is cold as shit in Alaska. You guys ever been to Alaska? No, but no. it's like there's times where it's dark all the time yeah it's like three hours of sunlight like light all the time i would like to visit oh, I, would, sucks. I would do a it's cruise awful. yeah like alaska cruise, cruise. it's literally a big block of ice have you been yeah i've been really yeah my I un- uncle was living up there and polar there's bears. no penguins in there's alaska no there's like antarctica. mooses and shit and antarctica is in the south pole not the north pole there i know no, where we there are there are no penguins in the north pole okay i do i do want to confess this story was initially supposed to be, and I tried searching fucking everywhere, a story about Antarctica, but there's been no murders. There's been one attempted murder in Antarctica, and I was like, fuck, I can't really do that. Well, I mean, it's not like we have any listeners in Antarctica anyway. I know, but I'm trying to reach out to that demographic. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody lives there. Yeah, there's like researchers and shit. There's like one story of this researcher, like, he he went crazy. Because of the weather and shit. And then he stabbed one of his partners, but he was just out of his mind. He wasn't, like, trying to kill him. 
That's and I was why, like, when I go to Alaska, I only would want to go in the summertime. Is it bad that I was like, Fuck, I wish you would have died so we could do a story? <laughs> okay, well, here's hoping, guys, that one of you researchers out there in Antarctica kills one another. Okay, Good so luck. this is Samantha Koenig. Samantha Koenig, she's 18 years old. She's working at this little coffee drive-in called Common Grounds, right? Like Tidal Grounds. Yeah. CCT video. You got to see this. Um, let me show you. This is. I'm going to skip forward a little bit. So she's closing up. It's around 8 p.m. Closing time for her. Closing time. Now, someone comes up wearing a ski mask, which keep in mind, it's Alaska. Everyone wears ski masks. He had a travel mug with him, and he went up to get coffee right before they closed. So she served him. So she's making, brewing the coffee right now. Okay, you see her brewing the coffee. She's talking. You see her talking to the customer, Uh and he points a gun at her. So she's got her hands up right now. He says, turn off the light. So she switches both lights. And then he's like, I'm going to rob you. And then if you skip forward a little bit, he jumps in there through the window. So he's in there now. He jumps through the coffee window, coffee house window, ties her up with zip ties. Right. And now, no, I mean, this is in the parking lot there. If you see the full CCT, you can actually see cars moving. But like, I mean, it's nighttime and it's in Alaska. I don't think anyone, you know. So he ties her up with zip ties, pushes her out the back, and then they go and he secures her about a block away into his truck, which is a Silverado. That was the last scene of Samantha Koning. Okay, obviously, it's the same guy in Vermont and Alaska. That's a long way away. That's a long way away. Now, while this is going on, the police in Anchorage now start their search for their missing victim. Mm-hmm. Same time, Vermont is starting their search. Anchorage, they actually catch this guy. And I'm going to get into how they catch him later. Wait, what were the, the dates again? So one was June, June 2011. What was the other one? February 1st, 2012. Hmm. Okay, so... Eight, About 12, yeah, eight months. Eight months apart. Vermont, Essex, that little town in Vermont, where everyone knows everybody. They get a call. The police chief gets a call. Hey, this is Anchorage Police Department. We have someone that we apprehended up here. And they say they know, they say they committed a murder in Vermont. Hmm. And they know exactly all the details of what happened to it. Now, no one even suspects. I mean, they suspected foul play, murder. Right. But now you have someone in Anchorage, Alaska, which is on the other side of the world, basically. Yeah, about as far away from each other as you can get. Yeah. That says... In, like, the United States. Maine would be farther. That is... No. Yeah, that's okay. true. That's true, Nicole. Third place geography. I, w- I didn't say that is as I said that's just about as far. Well, I don't know. Like, let's see. Is it right in by the there? continental United States? I, I mean, not in the continental. Maybe the United also. States. Uh... Yeah, she's right. I didn't say exactly. I was saying it's. I said that's just about as far away as you can get. Seems like what a third place winner would say. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we got you can play it back. I, I said it out loud. Hmm. 
Hmm? Oh! What? <laughs> Shots fired. Yep. What? Because Jen doesn't didn't say her thing out loud. I said mine out loud, so you'll be able to hear it. That's not even relevant. What'd you say? I said he. it was just about as far away as you could get. I ain't never won a goddamn thing in my life. I, I'd be lucky in hell if I ever get third place in anything. We got someone here in Anchorage, Alaska that we done apprehended that says they done murdered you people in Vermont. That's how they talk in Alaska. I've been there. Down to South Park. We don't have yeah. their South time. Yeah. I know All South right. Park is in Colorado, but you like literally reminded me of. Yeah. So. so there's no way. Right? I mean, how the hell? But he was certain. So he said, here's what happened. Now, he's in, getting interrogated by the police. I'll tell his side of the story later. Basically, I abducted them. Abducted? Abducted. I abducted them, put them in a little farmhouse a few miles away from their home, and then I burned them. Oh. With the eliminator? Now, the police in Vermont, the two detectives that were on the case... I mean, it was like after work time for them. And they, they rushed over to that farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Rushed over. Unfortunately, they received that lead from that guy, April 2012. They descended on that farmhouse, which is 32 Upper Main Street in Essex County, that same night. Now, that lot contained a two-story stone and wood home. Unfortunately, it was leveled. Mm. Completely rubble. Right. Well, not even rubble anymore. That was a fire. It was already hauled off to the landfill from what months ago, because the lady that had bought the the adjacent land had also bought that land, and it was like an old dilapidated farmhouse. So she just got it knocked down. I mean, she didn't know there was bodies inside. Obviously, right? I mean, yeah, but no one walked inside. Okay, I did see a report where the construction crew opened the door and the stench was so bad that they decided to demolish it without even going in. But I mean, they could, it could have been like, Oh, there's probably a family of deer that got stuck in here, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you can't blame them, you know? Well, yeah, they didn't know. They didn't looking for, this is a small town. You don't have two elderly bodies ever. I mean, there's like never murder. It's a quiet town. This is the quiet town. Right? Nothing ever happens. It's like Sullivan's Island or IOP. Those guys drive around in those golf cars. Ain't nothing ever happens there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, imagine if they have like a two-body thing. I mean, they'd be talking about that for the rest of their life. That would put us on the map. We're already on the map. Bill Murray puts us on the map. My friend ran into him in the airport the other day. Did she say she she was sorry? Like, she knock him over? Or like with her car. Uh, funny. She took a picture with him or of him. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Bill Murray. Bill Murray, why don't you come sit in our podcast with us? That would literally yes. be the best. Bill Murray, and if you take that the wrong way, please do not sue us. Because it's not really sponsored by you, obviously. Unless it is. <laughs> Can we host a show at Rutledge Cab Company? Okay, thanks. Bye. He owns that restaurant. Did you know that? I, well, I knew he owned a restaurant, but I didn't know which one. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I've eaten there. I liked his newer movies. They're kind of like sad. Not sad. Anyway, all right. 
Um, what was it I about? really liked him in that zombie movie that we watched. Yeah. That was really funny. What yeah. movie? The Zombie Land with Woody Harrelson in it. That's a really funny movie. I never saw that it. That was good. And, yeah, he pretends to be a zombie and then he gets shot because they think he's a zombie, but he's really not. And I just ruined that for you. Aww. Unfortunately, the farmhouse was already destroyed and hauled off to the dump site. It's huge landfill. Miles away, and it was actually demolished. October twenty fifth is when they started demolishing it. So they they descended on it April twelfth of two thousand twelve, and it was torn down in October twenty fifth two thousand eleven. So that's like six months too late. Sorry. Yeah. Try again. The investigators did conclude that quote there were indications of human decomposition in the basement of the former farmhouse. Hmm. This was consistent with the information the FBI had received. Now, I didn't say this before, but this case, the Anchorage case, yeah. and in fact, both these cases got escalated to FBI status very quickly. Hmm. Okay. What makes something get escalated to the FBI? When you call and complain and say that you're going to throw a $600 QB in the trash. <laughs> and put it on social media. <laughs> <laughs> go to patreon to listen and john tell the story about how he pretty much scared the shit out of the telephone guy at sony so that it went all the way up the chain because they will not come and fix our tv yeah i told him i'm gonna tell all my talk murder fans and you know as a number one podcast the number one true crime podcast there's a lot of people i was like i'm gonna tell everyone to buy panasonic and not sony what about samsung they're pretty good too yeah. Or LG. Or Vizio. Vizio. I think... I think we should get see, a Vizio. No, no, because Vizio and Sony are the same company. What? what? Vizio bought Sony out, I think. I'm pretty sure Sony's going downhill. Oh, which is why they're like the same thing. Like, because, you don't carry Sony anymore at work. Because I can tell you why um, I think this. Because when you call their support line, the first thing that comes up is, you know, it's like, if you're having trouble with your TV, press this. If you're having trouble with your VCR or whatever. The first choice is PlayStation, which if the PlayStation is their prime money driver and not household TVs, and that's a problem. You know, because I would feel like the market for TVs is a lot larger than the market for video games. Well, yeah, but there's so many different competitors out there right now. Sony's not doing much with it. That's what Samsung, I'm saying. Samsung is the way to go. If you're getting a different TV that's not a Sony and fixing the one that you are doing now. Do you know who invented the TV? You do. Okay, I'm not going there. Who? He was a 15-year-old farm boy from Idaho. But he tried to put a patent on it, and RCA, the big RCA company... Decided to go ahead and make the TV anyway. Was it Mike from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? All right, so the farmhouse was demolished October 25th. No one got that reference. No. Mm -mm. No bodies were located, but there were human remains. So the debris, the rubble, when it was demolished, was transferred to the New England Way Service. Now... This is how high-profile this case became. FBI Supervisor Senior Daniel Raychek said more than 10,000 tons of trash 
in that landfill has been excavated Ooh. and examined thoroughly for two bodies. I huh. that job. Yeah. In the largest search in Vermont history of all time, the cost well into the millions. That is how much they wanted to find out what happened to this couple. Aww. That's a good story. That, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, nice, I guess. It's a good, yeah. Like, if I go missing and die, like, yeah. like, that probably won't happen for me. You guys would just be like, oh, yeah, she died. Yeah. And by the way, John probably killed her. Why would you say that? Because. Well, don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a ploy. <laughs> Okay. I'm not really part of this. They're just they're just trying to bust my ego so that they I trust them. Do you guys like the story or not? Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm about to get to the killer. And then I'm going to tell what really happened. You're going to be really pissed off at me. Okay. Okay. So the search went from May 7th to July 18th, 2012. Okay. Okay. So about a year after they went missing. Yeah. There were 178 FBI agents. It took 11 weeks through 10,000 tons of trash, 178 FBI agents, and 38 different field offices all got together, and they literally went through trash. Uh, let me show you a picture. It's wow. pretty, yeah, it's a pretty crazy. Trash. I, feel like, I feel like the trash like that's the size of Texas that's floating in the ocean should be on on maps so people can see garbage island yeah like that's really sad but you don't think about it because you don't see it on a map like i would like to see where it is floating around yeah oh, we're the problem we're part of the problem yeah the search for a missing vermont couple begins anew in a different location New developments tonight in the case of Bill and Lorraine Courier. Good evening, I'm George Mallet. I'm Stephanie Gorin. Today found police searching a completely new location for the missing Essex Junction couple. News Channel 5's Jack Thurston is live in Coventry with more. Jack. Well, Stephanie and George, today police held no media briefings for us, but they have said over the past several months that this is a very delicate case and they're hesitant to release too much information because they don't want to risk endangering this very, very sensitive investigation of theirs. But it was obvious obvious to us today that there was a lot of very difficult, very hot work taking place at this massive landfill here behind me. Big trucks from all over Vermont head to this landfill in Coventry, in the state's rural Northeast Kingdom. From the ground, it was business as usual for the trash haulers Monday. But from the sky, we caught a glimpse of where police spent the day digging through a mountain of rubbish. The FBI, Vermont State Police, and Essex Police were here looking for clues to help them unravel the mystery of what happened to Bill and Lorraine Courier of Essex. Please keep Bill and Lorraine in your prayers. Please call the police if you know anything. The quiet couple vanished in June of last year. Investigators have said very little about the case, but do blame foul play. No criminal suspect has ever been named. Federal authorities did say the work at the landfill is a follow-up to digging last month at the site of a demolished home in Essex, but they would not reveal if any specific clues found there pointed them to the landfill. This latest search could stretch over three weeks. Vermonters hope it uncovers some answers into how their neighbors disappeared now nearly one year ago. So that's what happened there. Hmm. What do you think about that? 
I think it's unfortunate that they have to go digging through trash for someone's body. Yeah. I mean, that's... People this is, are not trash. That's a shitty job, man, to do, digging through that trash. I mean, so shout out to those, all the agents or whatever is involved in that. I mean, it's, they didn't find anything, but, you know, I think it's a good thing that they did it, mm-hmm. you know. And people were like, well, it costs millions of dollars or over a million dollars. They're worth that shit. People, I mean, this was this isn't some gangster couple, man. This is like there's just an old couple that are productive in society. Now let's get on to what actually happened. This is them digging through the trash. Mm-hmm. Ooh, rough job. Talkmurder.com. See digging through trash. All right, let me go. Quote: The couriers were in fact murdered. It was a random act. A person is in custody. That is the Chittenden. Chittenden County State Attorney T.J. Donovan. That was two days after the search engine. Search engine. <laughs> search engine. <laughs> Go to google.com, type in talk murder. <laughs> in the search engine. So after the search ended, two days later they came out, and I think it was because they did spend some money. Well, they had the suspect before right. the search, right? But they were keeping it under wraps, and I think it was... Because, okay, they spent all this money. They didn't find anything. But now they have the suspect, right? Or whatever. Whatever. It saves face. Yeah. Let's get into who I'm talking about, shall we? Yes. People. Ladies and gentlemen. May I present to you. Okay, this is the guy they arrested. I don't see a resemblance to the sketch. I'm not going to lie. No. He looks more like Matthew McConaughey. Or... Oh, Jason shit, Mraz. he does look like Jap- uh, Matthew McConaughey in that picture, doesn't he? He looks like Jason Mraz in the first one. Yeah. This is Israel Keyes. K-E-Y-E-S. Oh. I did it again, guys. I thought you... Oh, my God. What is Jen doing? Oh, oops, I did it again. You okay, so fame. let me tell you about Israel Keyes. I got rubbing my eye. Oh, shit, that was a bad idea. <laughs> okay, so this is Israel Keyes. I'm going to talk a little bit about his childhood. But first, I think I'm going to I'm going to go over what he told the police he did to Bill and Lorraine Murray and then I'm going to say what he did to um Samantha Cohen. Were were was Bill and Lorraine his first or or oh, were there more? Huh? Were there others or was Bill and Lorraine his first? Um, hold on, I'll get that. According to Israel Keys, the serial killer from Alaska, on June second, two thousand eleventh. Remember, they didn't show up to work June ninth. On June second, two thousand eleven, Israel Keys flew into Chicago, intending to kidnap and kill. Can I clarify something? Yeah, I did. I was not going to guess Chicago, Illinois. I just want to clarify, I was not going to guess Chicago, Illinois. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. You're welcome. Go on. So Jen says she's going to guess Chicago. No, I'm, I was not. He carried a gun and silencer. Try to do that nowadays. Yeah. All right. He, he got... Actually, he, don't. Please don't try that. That was not advice from... Oh, <laughs> just be like, oh, these podcast guys told me to try it. All right. He flew in Chicago... He was going to kill someone. That was his motive for flying in Chicago. Now, he rented a car, drove more than 750 miles 
because from Chicago to Essex, Vermont, if you're looking at a map, it's a pretty far distance. He lands in Chicago, Illinois. He rents a car and he drives all the way up through New York and all the way to Vermont just to kill Some... this couple. He Why? singled them out or just he was... Yes, he singled them what out. The How? Fuck? Okay, now... Facebook? Yes, no. All right, he checked in the motel. Craigslist? Check it out. He checked Did in... You? He checked in the motel, the same one that he stayed in previously in 2009, where in 2009, he stayed in this hotel, went... About half a mile away from this couple's home, buried a what is called a murder kit. Oh, what the fuck? Of guns, camcorders, duct tape, zip ties. He buried this. Ben, this story. This is a crazy ass story. <laughs> he buries this. A couple blocks away from their house in this forest. Like, no one goes in there. It's like in the woods. No one would ever go in there. So random. Like the murder woods. Yeah. So random. Random barrel buried with a gun. You see the gun in it. Camp Depot bucket. Yeah, it is Home Depot. I think it's orange. He buried this in 2009. He goes back June 2nd to kill him. And then June 8th, is when old Molly, that golden retriever, starts barking, right? The early morning of June 9th, this is what he says. He said he cut the phone line, the south end phone line, and removed the window fan to the garage. So if you think about our garage. Yeah. You know, we don't have a window fan, do we? Uh-uh. But he, moved, he removed the window fan, entered the garage, grabbed a crowbar, Broke the window to the house. Now he's wearing a headlamp. This is in the middle of the night. He's wearing a headlamp? A headlamp. Oh, like a... Okay, like miners. I, yeah, yeah. For yeah. a second, you meant a lampshade. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, how is he seeing? Is this his guy? Yeah, and he's, he stands in the corner and he pretends he's a lamp. <laughs> Wait, that's not a lamp. <laughs> I love lamp. I love lamp. Uh, okay. Now let's get really gruesome. Mm. All right. He smashed the windows to the house. He's wearing a headlamp. He rushes into the bedroom where this old couple sleeping. Lorraine's 55 years old. Bill's 50 years old. Old couple. Friends with everyone. No enemies. She can't even see without her glasses. He can't even drive without his medication. It's an old random old couple. He goes in there like a SWAT team with his headlamp, shining, pointing the gun, yelling, demanding, okay? There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Better Banking is opening your new first Commonwealth Bank personal checking account with our online account recommendation tool and being entered to win wireless earbuds. 
First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Visit fcbanking.com for details. He forced them into their car. Now, their car is usually in the garage, right? It's just like our cars. So he forces them in the back. They're tied up and gagged to the back of that little green Saturn sedan. He says, you know, shut up, shut up. And then they start driving. He shuts the garage. They drive to the farmhouse, right? He had tied Lorraine up, and then he went down to tie Bill to a stool. Now, he noticed Lorraine had, like, broke through her ties, and she's running towards the street trying to get away. She broke her restraint. She's just, like, making the escape, right? Mm -hmm. He chases after her, tackles her right in the yard, drags her back into the house, ties her up, and then Bill's, Bill's yelling, Where's my wife? Where's my wife? Now, he's broken the stool, and he's about to get free, too. Mm. So Israel Keys, the serial killer, takes a shovel, bashes it over Bill's head a couple times, just bow, bow, bow. And this didn't cause any blood splatter? Oh, yeah. Blood splatter everywhere. And it was a dilapidated farmhouse. No one ever goes in it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, this is not their house. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So you remember when... The police went into their house. There was, there was nothing. nothing. There was, yeah, there was, yeah, there was no fight, nothing, right. nothing knocked over. Okay. Yeah. Bashes him in the head with a shovel. Bow, bow, bow. And then he shoots him in the head. Boom. And Lorraine's screaming. And then he goes up there and, you know, he's sexually assaulted. Oh. He rapes Lorraine. Okay. And it was not, it was very violent. He's, yeah. Anyway, Why? He, he strangles her to death. And then... He puts both the bodies in garbage bags, drives to New York State. He dumps the the stolen gun. Remember that thirty eight snub nose that he stole yeah. from the courier's house? Mm-hmm. He dumps the weapon into the reservoir in Parrisville, New York, which police do uncover. The FBI recovered the weapon there. Now, this is from Lieutenant Murdy, the guy that was on the case. There was an enormous amount of risk he had to take to go into a neighborhood he's unfamiliar with, into a house of people he's unfamiliar with, and remove them in their own vehicle. A rational thinking person would think the chances of getting caught are very high. So, questions? But, okay, so what I don't understand, so why did he choose this couple? He was he was there in 2009, but why this couple? Okay, was let me, he casing the neighborhood and picking an easy victim? Or ni- wait, 1999 would have been nice. No, 2009. Yeah, 2009. It yeah. was 2009. Okay. But, so, Good, thank you. Okay, so Israel Keys, his childhood, he grew up the oldest of nine. They lived without electricity in a cabin. Of course, right? Where? <laughs> In Colville, Washington, the mountainous parts of Washington, literally lived in a cabin with no electricity. The family. Yes, Jen. I also was not going to guess Washington. (laughs) Good to know. I gave you guys two guesses because we're going all over the place and neither one of you guys. I will say the other the one that I was thinking of. So I gave two guesses. One was Florida and one is Oklahoma. So I will document for the record in case John says it in the future was um, 
Idaho, because I, I was thinking you were either going to say it's like Florida Keys or some. I was trying to pick a state that looked kind of like a key. Oh, okay. So I picked, uh, so Oklahoma was the second state, and it was like, ooh, Idaho kind of looks like a key, too, so maybe that was it. The, so in case that one comes up, then that was what else. The two states that I actually picked were states that we have never picked, that I have never picked before, but I did not select in my head Washington, and I did not select Illinois. Were there others in your head that you would like to call out now before we carry on? Do you each get one more guess? We're I'm going to say like ten other states. So oh, okay. Can I look at the map? <laughs> I told you the map was a good idea. Well, I already said mine. I said I, I was. I mean, you can I, that's get what one more each. One more each. Um, Knowing the story now. Okay, but you can't pick what Ari said. Okay. Um. I'm going to say Nevada as my official third guess. So my official out loud guesses were Nevada, West Virginia, and Mississippi. And in my head, I did say Alaska and something in New England. Those are the only two that I, I, I the only two that in my, were in my head. I'll just stick with the ones that I, I mean, I'm fine with just saying it's Florida, Oklahoma, and Idaho. He's giving, a, oh, Idaho, okay. Yeah, but I was thinking that originally, like, before, because I thought it kind of looked like a key. That's a good point. Now I'm going to say Nevada, uh, Nevada, Mississippi, and West Virginia. And then I also thought Massachusetts kind of looked like a key, but I thought Idaho. Well, you know the guy's name is Keys, right? I know, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like. So you might want to stop guessing states that look like Keys. <laughs> process before <laughs> so i was making it fair all right so the family moved in 1990s to smyrna s-m-y-r-n-a which is in maine okay he was a woodsman i mean no electricity and living in a freaking cabin of right. course so when he was a teenager he built a cabin uh-huh. With his bare hands? Yeah. Well, look at cool. you, Abraham Lincoln. It's actually a pretty nice cabin. Cabins are cool, unless they're creepy. Now, after he got out of his family life, he became a devout atheist. In fact, he had a pentagram and an upside down... He had an upside down cross on his... That's a Satanist. Well, he was an atheist. Or, no, he, he just didn't believe in religion. Yeah, but I thought that sort of stuff was upside Satanist. down. Cross is Satanist. Yeah, well, he was Satanist. No, he wasn't like skinhead Satanist. He was just skinheads skin and Satanists are different. He had an upside down Satanists cross. Or no, the guy that forms uh, the sat- Satanic rel- the Bible. What's it called? The Satanic religion. Adam Levay or Adam Levay, An- Antoine Levay. They worship the devil. You know what I'm talking about? Satanism. Ant- Antoine yeah. LaVey, the guy that started yeah. it. The bald guy. Yeah. He's a skinhead. Well, Oh, from that one story? A lot of them are published. skinheads. But, uh, no, I mean, Satan- Satanists have the upside-down cross. They worship Satan. Atheists believe that don't believe that there is no God. Well, maybe and no, maybe he just no likes religion. the... Just because he has a tattoo of, or a branding of an upside-down cross doesn't mean he's Satanist. Maybe he was trying to be a plus sign and it got fucked up. Maybe he was a mathematician. I'm just saying. Wait, I'm. I mean, I I got a tattoo of a fucking phoenix. 
and I went to fucking Phoenix. That was a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> I go to the University of I've Phoenix. Never, I've still never seen the tattoo. <laughs> that was such a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hey, but you have your degree. I get a tattoo of a Phoenix when I'm 18, and then I go to University of Phoenix <laughs> when I'm fucking 32. <laughs> well, okay. no, like, I mean, thank you. he's a woodsman. He's good with the woods. So if you're asking me why he... <laughs> what? Woodsman, he's good with the woods. He's good yeah. with the woods. Yeah. If you ask me why he would go and bury a murder kit in the middle of the woods, it's because he's comfortable in the woods. Well, yeah, but it didn't have well, to be a murder but, kit. It could have been like snacks or... Yeah, very snacks <laughs> like, for like, like five like years. Like jerky or like... Well, like there's a difference between a murder kit it. and a survival kit. Like that is a murder kit. But well, also, that's what he wanted to be. He targeted these people. Yes. Why? I don't understand. Tell me more. We're going to get to that. Uh, now, when he was a teenager, now they had a lot of guns. He was a gun collector when he was like 14. I'd like to apologize to our Patreon fan, Julie, for what I'm about to say. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. It has to do with cats, doesn't it? He killed cats. He told the investigators one point in his childhood when he realized that he was... Bucked in the head. A psychopath. He didn't use the word psychopath, but that's... Right. For cocoa Yes. He saw a cat that was always going through the trash and fucking things around. Meow, 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 tear your trash up. He took it to the woods. True word spoken. He took it to the woods with a couple friends. There's like a guy and a girl with them, all young teenagers. He pulls out that revolver and that cat's backed up to that tree. Oh, no. He takes that revolver and shoots the cat in the stomach. Bow! The stomach is the most vulnerable. And then he's staring at the cat. The cat runs around the tree, and eventually the cat bashes his head into the tree and then dies. And he starts laughing. Oh my God. But and then he didn't realize that was not funny. And then he looked at his friend, the guy that was with, and the 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 girl was in shock. And the other guy, his other friend he was with, was vomiting. And that's, in his head, he tells investigators, that's the moment when he knew that he had these different feelings, or no feelings at all, and he had to hide them. Does that make sense? So a psychopath has to train to actually not show their deepest, darkest side. They, they have to train to do that. So that's when he knew that he can't be laughing at shit like that. I thought that was a sociopath. Whatever. Sociopath, sociopath. I'm just asking. Because um, so, sociopaths know the difference. Psychopaths do not. When he got out of his house, he does a three-year service term in the Army, Joint Base of Lewis McCord, which is near... Tacoma, Washington. This is him. Now, he was in the 1st Battalion Alpha Company, 5th Infantry. What an asshole, because I was in the infantry, so fuck with you now. But, um, so he actually got like... I was in the infantry, 25th Infantry Division. Oh, really? The mountain, mountain guys in New York? Where's that at? I don't know. So, he was in the infantry. You know, he was a gunner. Got medals, whoop de doo I did too. He never went to war or anything, but his barracks mate 
Sean McGuire eventually comes out, and no one knew his dark side. Okay, everyone was shocked when this guy is a serial killer. They're like, no way. You're talking about someone completely different. This is the nicest guy in the world. He's not a serial killer. Hmm. His barracks mate, Sean McGuire, says they developed a camaraderie while spending some time training in Egypt. And that's when he started to notice such a dark side to him. Like he would get pissed off and then he would put his head down and say, I'm going to kill you. You know, stuff, just weird stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But he never thought anything of it. So he left the army after three years and joined an Indian tribe doing um, maintenance work. He was really good with building and, uh, you know, he built a fucking cabin, right? I mean, right. He's, he's a good carpenter, all that stuff. So he was working with them, the Maka Indian tribe in Washington. And then he, his girlfriend at the time, got a job in Anchorage, Alaska. Okay. So they moved up there permanently. He was such a likable character. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like American Psycho kind of like, uh-huh. yeah, right? I've like, never seen that movie. Like everyone kind of oh, likes okay. him. I've never seen it. Like he's, he can, he's, he's like a psychopath, right? Everyone likes him, you know, but then he's got a very dark side. All right. He was hired by Paul Adelman as a handyman in 2008. Now I saw an interview with the guy that hired him and said, yeah, I mean, I, this is the nicest guy ever. And he would, I would, you know, tell him to do something and he would just put his head down and he would just work, 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 never take any breaks, never go on his lunch break. The work would be flawless, perfection. And he said he would, he never had any problems with him. He would get there on time. He would stay late to finish up. When he was told that, oh, this guy's a serial killer, he was like, no way. I would loan this guy money. He said, I would let this guy, I would loan this guy my house. That's how much I trusted him. He was such a trustworthy guy. And in all the interrogation videos, he's buddy-buddy with all the detectives. And I know the detectives do that to build rapport. But I do think that he has kind of a hold over them. Mm-hmm. That's why there's freaking 10 interrogation videos where most serial killers only have one. Because it it's so much of just back and forth bullshitting. What's his MO? All right. He's an army guy, right? Very meticulous. He does fit one of the profiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Occupation. Wait, I was an army guy. I I yeah. realize that. It's not really fair. He's like a fifth of Americans are army guys. Yeah, that's true. It does cover a big population. He's very meticulous. So I saw a lot of interviews, people saying he's a genius. I think it's wasted talent because mm. he is a genius at doing what he did, which is murdering a lot of people. We haven't got there yet. But the amount of focus and attention he had and stamina to just do perfect work. And he would just get so lost in his work, you know. He had an M.O. No children. A family must have no children. That's that's good, at least. Now, mm. he's murdering people as a hobby. Oh, you don't find that type of stuff in Hobby Lobby. There's no murder section there. I've checked. That, that is correct. Well, so he go he he decides one day in his life, all right, I'm going to murder people, but I'm going to do it smart. They can't have any children. There can't be no dogs. There was no dogs there. Oh, that's good. There can't be no car in the driveway. And he needs to make sure that he knows exactly where the bedroom is. Now, he went 
two years earlier and planted a murder kit. How, I mean, that is how meticulous this guy is. How the fuck are you going to catch this guy? Good luck. Well, they did. They get, they did because he got sloppy. Like they all do. Let's see, let's see the man himself. Shall we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You guys don't get a crush for old Matthew McConaughey. I think he looks like Jason Mraz. If I was smart, I would let them come to me. Just remote area. Come, come go to a remote area that's not anywhere near where you live. That the other people go to as well. He's talking to the the detectives and says he's targeting people at random because he's got a fit. He's got to get his murder fix. Mm-hmm. And he's trying not to draw attention to himself. But he definitely doesn't draw attention. He, so here's what he does. He flies all around the country. Random ass places. And he finds a random couple that he would never, ever have any ties to in a it's different so state. He does couples, too. Not only that, but he will fly. So every place he flies to, he just won't go there. You know, a couple miles down the road. No, he rents a car and he drives sometimes days. Sometimes he drives three days to get to another state to make his killing after he has buried a murder kit for two years. There's still murder kits probably everywhere all over the country. Just like that with guns and tape and isn't that crazy? You know what I've always wanted? A what? metal detector. You just we go down to the beach and... make that a reality. Yeah. Yeah. She was shit. Yeah. We usually have them at Christmas time at work. I just never bought them. But, like, what if we found one of his murder kits? That'd be crazy. That would never happen. Actually, it could. Anything is possible, John. What if we found, like, doubloons or some other type of treasure... Hmm? He talked about the rush that he got out of it, uh, the adrenaline and, and kind of the high from doing it. And I think, um, unfortunately, I think he enjoyed what he was doing. There is nothing probably greater than holding the power and control of someone's life and looking him in the eye and being able to control all of that is intoxicating to serial killers. And that's why they keep doing it. Keyes also told Agent Godin that he could relate to notorious serial killer Ted Bundy, who confessed to 30 murders before being executed in 1989. The two killers had similar methods. It's very common for serial killers to have no relationship with the individuals they ultimately kill. Many times they will not do it in their own community. Mr. Keyes, Ted Bundy fits this profile. Prolific serial killers choose their victims carefully, like Gary Ridgway, known as the Green Greenway. River Killer. But I thought I was doing you guys a favor, killing, killing prostitutes. Ridgway. All right, anyway. All right so, so now, now you see why it's hard to explain why he's killing random people, right? I mean, because he's that's his. You know, it's really weird when I read some books. And they talk about serial killers like, okay, now he was in Florida or whatever, and that's where he started his career, his killing career there. They they say like 
as in like serial killers that's their career isn't that weird yeah that is like weird. i see that all the time it's so weird so, anyway so yeah he would bury these murder kits and so in in this case of the couple in vermont he buried a kit there in 2009 yeah and then he came back two years later to that area where he buried a kit and picked out a couple yeah then. he memorized all his murder kits everywhere and just how many kits were there do you know who knows mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you right now no one knows how many, I, I, how many did he kill no one knows i'm gonna tell you just let me tell you about samantha koenig because this is the one that got him caught oh because he lived there right and, he lived in alaska yeah, yeah. so and, well let me say one thing so if you're wondering how a handyman can fund all these flights to random places and bury a bunch of guns yeah, everywhere sure. travel ain't cheap man yeah he actually was a prolific bank robber. Oh. Oh, my God. So this is a bank in Texas. I'm showing on a picture, talkburner.com, of him robbing a bank. like him. So not, and he. Mask on. Okay, so. Is it a mask? Mm-hmm. All right, when he was arrested, the detectives thought he just killed Samantha Koenig. Now, in all his interrogations, he holds, he's got the cards, right? You know? He doesn't have to tell them how many people he's killed. They can only guess. That's why there's so many interrogation videos, because he wants it his way. He says, I am not going to tell you anything else until I get a certified execution date. And he's holding all these cards. And then he'll release a name here and there. And a couple names he'll release. I'm going to tell you, they suspected him at one point of killing eight. But it's a lot more than that. They eventually up the numbers even more. He would say a name. They would look it up and be like, wait, this was labeled accidental. And he'd be like, no, this is how I killed him. Mm. He was, he killed so many people that there were, a lot of them weren't, and he was so meticulous about how he did it, so careful not to get caught and cover every one of his tracks, that some of the victims were labeled accidental. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And you can't catch him anyway because, number one, he flew in a few states away, took a rental car where he had buried a murder kit years before, you know? What the shit, right? It's crazy. Yeah, anyway, all right. I'm going to tell you the Samantha Koenig story, and then we'll wrap up. All right, so. 18-year-old Samantha Koenig was in Anchorage, Alaska. She worked at Common Grounds. Okay, you saw the surveillance video where... He goes in there, makes sure turns the lights off. Search went on forever. But he finally came out once he was arrested and confessed. And it was only to get things, right? At one point, he was like, I'll give you two body quote, I'll give you two bodies and a name for some coffee and a cigar. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Yeah, one of many, right? So, 18-year-old Keys actually used Google Maps to point out the exact spot where he d- disposed of her body. The picture I'm showing you guys, this is in the middle of Alaska. Is this in the middle of a lake? Yeah, the body was found in an ice fishing spot. So this is not a specific spot, it's just a big piece of ice. Now, I don't know how ice fishers do it, but I know they build a wall around themselves of snow, I guess, of ice or something. And then they take a like a chainsaw, and they cut a big square in the ice, and then they fish or whatever. 
So he pointed out on a Google map this exact spot in Alaska. And they went there. Lo and behold, they found the body. Now, here's what happened. Common Grounds Coffee Stand is partially concealed from a busy six-lane highway in mountains and snow. On February 1st, 2012, around 8 p.m. closing time, the video shows she handed the cup of coffee to him, and then she backs up, as you saw. She turns the light out. He forced her into his Silverado, bound her hands with zip ties and gagged her. You all saw his house earlier, right? Yes, the blue one. With all the snow. Mm Mm-hmm. Forced her into his shed. It's a small shed. The whole time he says, I'm just holding you for ransom. You're going to be returned safely. And she's 18, so she was going with it. On February the 2nd, he raped her, strangled her, left her in the shed, and then went back into his house where he lived with his living girlfriend and his 10-year-old daughter. And... The very next day, immediately, they all flew to Houston and went on a cruise, a two-week cruise with his daughter. Oh, my gosh. And she was left. And she was in the shed while he was on a cruise with his 10-year-old daughter. And she died in the shed. She was already dead when they left. He he raped her. her. He raped her, strangled her, left her there. I missed the strangled part. Now, the fucked up thing. Okay. More than that? On February 13th, he took a photo of Koenig holding the February 13th newspaper and wrote a ransom note on the back demanding $30,000 be placed in his account. And to prove that she was still alive, he posted this picture. Now, the thing is, she's not alive. He strangled and raped her February 2nd. So this picture you're looking at, it's her dead. No one knew it, but he took thread and needle <gasps> and threaded her eyes so they would be open so she would look like she was alive. Yes. How fucked up is that? Oh, my God. Is that not the craziest shit you've ever heard? That's so creepy. Yeah, that is creepy because she's been dead for two weeks. Two weeks she doesn't look in like that photo. in that photo picture either. So yeah, she is, I that's, look at her mouth. she's yeah. dead. Yeah, it's like swollen. She's dead. Like her eyelids are sewed. So she looks like she's alive. Then he wrote a ransom note demanding $30,000. And then he texted the family and said the a ransom note is at this random dog park. And they, they ripped down the ransom note and it was like, deposit $30,000 into her bank account is actually hers and her boyfriend's shared bank account. They got the money together from friends and family and reward money from whoever would come forward. Cause I mean, the whole community thought she was still alive. This picture was in the papers. This was in every paper and everyone was fooled because they thought she was alive. She looks alive. interesting that when you look at her hands, like, like that's supposed to be her hand, but you can't really see it. It's kind of blurred out. It's probably not her hand, obviously, cause she's dead. So you can't get a dead girl to hold it up. So it's probably yeah. his hand. Yeah. Isn't that creepy? Yeah, it's really yeah. creepy. It's I mean, like the one of the creepiest things we've ever said. Sewing her, he sewed her fucking eyelid. Not only that, he sewed her eyelid shut what? when his open. He sewed them open ten feet away from his ten-year-old daughter in the house and his living girlfriend, which knew nothing about this. Remember, Israel Keys is the nicest guy in the world. You'd hire him to do anything. 
That's crazy. Like, that's literally, like, her eyes. Like, you know when you said dead eyes? Like, those are literally dead eyes. But, like, when you look at it, if you didn't tell me that, I'd be like, that's kind of, like, a bad picture. But, like, there's no life in her face, obviously, because she's dead. But, like, you know what I mean? Honestly, it's like her her mouth gives it away more than she's dead. Yeah, because it's swollen and, like... It it looks like a dead person's mouth. Like, it's, like, chapped. It mm -hmm. looks like a corpse. Because it is. I want to say a quote from, um... That's creepy. Police... Lieutenant George Murdy, quote, I would describe it as if I was talking to a contractor about the work I was going to have done, and he was describing the work he had done in the past. There was no emotion or anything, just flat. So he was talking about the killings, all the killings he did, like he was talking about work he did two years ago on a house, on a patio deck. And he's talking about killing someone in someone, someone's eyelids together, right? I mean, you talk about complete psycho. Like, no emotion whatsoever. Completely flat. Isn't it nuts? And in the interrogation videos, he talks about this while he's sipping his coffee. And he's like, man, is this this decaf? What the fuck? Oh, yeah, yeah. Killed her, raped her, all this shit. It's the craziest thing. And he's like, he has no emotion. He doesn't feel bad, which is crazy. No remorse. I don't understand. Now, the only thing he does wince about if you watch the interrogation videos which i do encourage you if you guys are really true crime fans don't just watch the the shows the true crime shows and you know all that stuff go and watch the interrogation videos sit there and you'll learn a lot anyway um the only time he really winces and i've seen this in a lot of killers even paul bernardo same thing when they talk about raping sexually assaulting it's like they're embarrassed they should be. The main purpose of all the interrogation videos, if you watch them, there are a lot of them, is him trying to save face. He's like, I don't want my daughter to Google my name and see me. And he was holding all this information because a press release came well, about maybe him. Maybe you shouldn't have done and what you fucking did. He doesn't want people to know he Ew. was raping these women. Mm. I don't want my daughter to know that. But it's being, okay to know that he killed them. murderers, okay. And not only that, it has came out that he wouldn't just rape the women he would also rape male victims too he definitely did not want people to know that mm. that is for a fact all right so here's how they called him atm card right mm-hmm. he's got their bank account mm-hmm. february 29 2012 he withdrew 500 dollars, which was the max limit from anchorage atm using the debit card from her mm-hmm. march 7th okay this is in anchorage february 29th march 7th he withdrew 400 dollars from Wilcox, Arizona. He's at it again, right? Mm-hmm. March 9th, he drew withdrew $80 from Lordsburg, New Mexico. March 11th, $480 from Humble, Texas, right? Another $480 in Shepherd, Texas. Now, the police eventually figured out, okay, the ATM photos, we can see his rental car it's a little white ford focus hmm. it's blurry but we can make it out and he's driving along route 110 so they stopped him in lufton the texas lufton police didn't know who he was at all they this cop this newbie cop stopped them because he was going three miles over the speed limit and he Holy stopped him not knowing that this is a psycho killer. Wow. Yeah, I want to tell you this. It hadn't gotten to him yet, like, look the, out for this car. This guy has been killing 
since 2001. He's been going on these trips. Okay. Wow. 14 years he's been doing this. And this newbie cop stops him going three miles an hour over a speed limit. Wow. That cop is the luckiest cop alive, right? Also, I mean, if I were just a regular human being, like, <laughs> screw you yeah. for, yeah. for three miles over at <laughs> the speed limit. Inside uh, the car. You, man. So he actually goes into custody. He's caught. So inside the car rolls a cash piece of gray T-shirt that he would cut out and make a face mask with. Um, a highlighted map with uh, routes to California, Arizona, New Mexico, the stolen debit card, and her phone. A lead Anchorage police investigator, it's got a weird name, Monique Dahl, that was her name, and her partner Jeff Bell went to Texas from Anchorage for the arrest. Now, she says, I told him that the first couple of times I read that ransom note, I thought that whoever wrote this note was a monster. And the more I read it, the more I came to the understanding that monsters aren't born, but they are created and that this person had a story to tell. And then Keyes replied to that quote, tell her she's got her monster. <laughs> Here's what goes down. So he dumps Samantha, right? There's a lot more. In fact, the police, because he would not get the police anything. Nicole, can you read this? Where will you go, you clever little worm, if you bleed your host dry? Back in your ride, the night is still young. Streetlights push back the black I neat rows. Off to the right, a graveyard appears. Lines of stones, bodies molder below. Turn away quick, bob your head to the seat. As straight through that stop sign, you roll. Loaded truck with lights off, slams into your broadside. Your flesh smashed as metal explodes. My pretty captive butterfly, colorful wings, my hand smears. I somehow repaint them with punishment and tears. Violent metamorphosis emerge my dark moth princess. I would come often and worship on the altar of your flesh. You shudder with revulsion and try to shrink far from me. I have you tied down and begging to become my Stockholm sweetie. Okay, talk is over. Words are plastered and weak. Back at back it with action or all comes off cheap. Watch close while I work now. Feel electric shock of my touch. Your open your trembling flower or your petals will crush. Jesus. I didn't realize that was so long. That was long and dark and it was no pumpkin poem. These there's hundreds of interrogation hours of him. He barely releases anything. He releases like two potential victims, but it's so obvious that he's got so many more. Because he would release a name, like I said, and they'll be like, wait, I thought that was an accident, you know. He, he struck a deal for an execution date. I don't know what happened, why it went sour or whatever, but December 2nd in his jail cell, they found that note soaked in blood. He had hung himself and then slit his wrist with a razor that he had got from somewhere, like a shaving razor. Killed himself. No one will ever know how many victims there are. Wow. You would have thought that he probably would have wanted to be infamous for mm-hmm. his details, but I think it was almost like his sexual crimes made his sexual. Yeah, he didn't want his daughter to know anything. All right, so See, but that's the thing that like not only is suicide. Like I know I get I know I talk about this all the time, but like when a when a killer commits suicide, it literally like it makes me so mad because you take the closure away from the families of the victims and 
and like you take closure away from not just them but everyone and we can't we'll never know mm. but it, you know we deserve to know we deserve to know they deserve to know even if we don't deserve to know they deserve to know mm. not you but them he confessed to one name you know, he would just filter out. The, he would just give these cops these little names, and he would say, "I'm only going to give you some of the ones I know you're going to get anyway." And then they got his computer, and he was like, oh, "I better tell you about these two other people I killed because I know you're probably going to find that." So no one knows how many people he's killed. And I've seen like Reddit threads and everything where people are like seriously asking off different websites, like, "Does anyone know if my loved one here may have died by him?" Um, so the FBI released a complete timeline of all of his travel records. They went back and tried to find every place he's been in the country. And we, we only did two murders, but he has peppered the entire United States. And the FBI, I'll Might put one of them been Oklahoma, Idaho or Florida. I, Nevada or West Virginia. Or you got Mississippi. California. You got. He even had a South Carolina driver's license. Wow. Um, Washington, Seattle, New York. And these, this is only like a partial list because they can't, they probably didn't see everyone. But so they released this video, the FBI. This is from the FBI channel. Confessed serial killer Israel Keys took 11 lives. That's up from their previous count of eight. The FBI is also releasing a new detailed multi-year timeline regarding the whereabouts and dealings of Keyes. The 34-year-old committed suicide while in prison in Alaska last year. But before he died, he confessed to killing Bill and Lorraine Courier of Essex, Vermont, and several others. Tonight, the FBI believes Keyes was involved in nearly a dozen murders in 10 separate states and are working with few precious details to find closure for his victims. Really, this is a remarkable sort of a of a pathway that he's 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 left for investigators forensic psychologist dr thomas powell believes the latest set of clues provided by the fbi are evidence investigators are finally beginning to piece together who israel keys really was he's a textbook uh, psychopath really the details span more than a decade from 1997 through his arrest in 2012 but the timeline reveals no new details about essex couple bill and lorraine courier whom Keyes abducted from their home in June of 2011 and killed at an abandoned farmhouse nearby. Investigators do say Keyes made several trips to Montreal where he spent time with prostitutes. They also say Keyes confessed to abducting and killing a woman from the East Coast and burying the body in upstate New York in April of 2009. But they do not believe it was at his property in Constable. And they say the very next day, Keyes robbed Community Bank in Tupper Lake. He waited at a park nearby and watched as authorities rushed in. This guy clearly is in a league of his own in terms of um, what was motivating him and how he was actually able to pull off, you know, a decade of cross-country homicides, abductions, bank robberies, and other assorted felonies that uh, really left a trail of misery in his world. Yeah, he also confessed to random burning people's houses down to the ground. Like, all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, my God. Dr. Powell believes Keyes was manipulative and controlling and carefully calculated how he released information. He was very specific about some of the details he gave and very vague about others. 
leading me to believe that he was uh, certainly holding a lot of cards up against his chest at the time he died. Keeping his grasp on control over authorities, the investigation, and his victims, even from the grave. One of the tragedies that go along with a case like this and a guy like this is that he takes to the grave many of the things that they would love to know. And in, the, in a way, it's the ultimate act of cruelty. Authorities have released several. It's crazy. So anyway, the FBI released a huge list of all his places, and they're asking the public. Even today, people are calling in and trying to link a disappearance of their loved one to this guy using these timelines. No one knows how many people he's killed. He wouldn't admit it. And he's got such a sinister laugh, too. Like, it's crazy. But. He'd be like, yeah, I killed a few. And then they they found out he killed eight. And then he's like, yeah. And then they found out he killed 11. I mean, who knows? And then he kills himself. It's it's crazy, man. It's a crazy-ass story. The whole going on a cruise thing is just crazy. Yeah, that's messed up. The suicide, he killed himself. And, you know, like everyone that dies, the family held a funeral for him. For a man who says he killed four people in Washington and four others across the country was held today. Israel Key's family and their pastor drove to the funeral home from East Texas, but no one else attended. <laughs> Before he killed himself in his Alaska jail cell, Keyes admitted to... So anyway, no one attended his funeral. Uh, well, I don't think Yes, that's anyway, surprising. that is a true psychopath, man. It's true psychopath. I've been wanting the guy to do his story for a long time. Yeah. I knew it was elaborate. Jeez. Wow. You know? I mean, I mean, that's dedication to go from, to fly from Alaska yeah. to, like, say, Chicago or another major airport and then drive for days and days and then pick, <laughs> go to your one of your random burial sites that you buried a a murder kit two years prior mm-hmm. and then just go say, I'm going to kill this couple today. Yep. Yeah. Kill them. Um, and be on back his merry way and then go rob a bank on his way home. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck? Oh, one thing we didn't talk about during one of his court appearances, he actually got out of his ankle chain and tried to make a run for it. Oh my God. Yeah. And then in the interrogation video the next day, he was like, it's, it's so crazy to watch it. Like I'll put the video up, but you know, we had this deal, and then you tried to do this, and he was like, yeah, well, if I would have made it, then, you know. <laughs> and then he starts laughing. Oh, my gosh. It's so creepy, man. So I'm going to read a couple quotes from him, and then we'll be done. One of the prosecutors asked, how long have you been two different people? Because he would always admit he was two different people, and he laughs. Like he's got this really sinister, ha, ha, ha. That was perfect, actually. Um, a long time, 14 years. And then another quote, he says, there is no one who knows me. Or who has ever known me, who knows anything about me, really. They're going to tell you something that does not line up with anything I tell you because I'm two different people, basically. So, hmm. and then another quote, he says, as it takes a long time to strangle someone. <laughs> Good to know. So, Thanks, yeah. Israel. All right. Well, is there anything about his like a growing up life that we need to know? Like he, okay, he grew up without power, one of nine. Yeah, I mean, in a, were his parents like abusive or no one? I mean, he was such a closed book too with that stuff. I mean, I know he grew up in a not a good household. Mm-hmm. You know, literally, literally in the mountains. I mean, he's a really smart dude, and I mean, no one questions that. I want to show you his laugh, and I'll cut it in there. It's really creepy. Honestly, I don't 
honestly, I could have lived with the drama as long as I had been successful in escaping. But uh, since I didn't, now I'm like, man, I really wish I hadn't created all this drama. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That laugh? Well, it's so um, weird, man. Maybe we could. Uh, <laughs> maybe we could. Don't I laugh like that? Yeah, but his his is like he laughs right after he says yeah what he's just done to like someone yeah, like it's so true. weird man anyway so that's my uh israel keys story cool that was a good one i liked it thanks guys for listening to talk murder to me we really hope you enjoyed this story about israel keys and his murderous spree across the country that was not in one of the states that Jen nor I I let you guys pick literally four different states and you couldn't. Three. 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 Okay, Damn. the ones I did not name out loud, there was only one that that was actually, um, well, I said a New England state in my head and I also thought Alaska, but I didn't Which say them. four states, so that's not fair. Actually, there's more than that. Five. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, and I'll put all the, uh, I'll put the complete timeline on talkmurder.com. Also, guys, Join our Patreon page. We got some really good exclusive episodes up there. It's literally a dollar a month. It supports us, and you'll love it. It's a community. You can ask us questions. Right now, we have about enough money to buy a six-pack of beer per month. Woo! Yeah. Big money! And not even good beer, like Natty Light. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to help us drink, then thank you. Thanks, guys. Welcome to South Carolina. literally doubling. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they get the four points. I thought three was the max. I thought I wasn't that bad. I was like halfway there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, did you sit on your dick? What the fuck? I don't know. You made a really uncomfortable face. Jesus Christ. This podcast has turned you raw. Nicole likes intelligence. <laughs> Y'all better catch up with these yeah. drinks. We're actually descendants of like muskrats and shit. Did you know that? That's weird. Yeah. So we were like dinosaurs were all like, and we were like crawling on the ground. It's like, you know. Better Banking is opening your new first Commonwealth Bank personal checking account with our online account recommendation tool and being entered to win wireless earbuds. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Visit fcbanking.com for details.